0: What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I am back. Um, If if anybody was unaware, my beautiful baby girl was born uh, two weeks ago, so I I took a few weeks off uh, a little uh, paternity leave. If you will, I wasn't going to leave you guys hanging for months like old, uh, like Pete Buttigieg did. But it was important for me to take a little time off, uh, start figuring out this whole parenting thing. Uh, but baby and mama are happy and healthy. We are blessed. God is good. Um, and I am I'm stoked to be back here with you guys talking about all of the latest. Um, I'm glad to see we, uh, you know, that society didn't completely collapse <laughs> when I was gone. I, I did have my doubts, but uh, I'm glad you guys didn't burn it all down uh, when I was on my break. But uh, I was joined by my brother, Ian Hayworth. Uh, We discussed a lot. The the latest uh, in in the war in Ukraine, um, the end of the war in in Yemen, thank God. Uh, We talked about, obviously, the latest with Trump uh, claiming that he will be arrested um, tomorrow. Uh, We we break that all down. A lot lot of crazy stuff going on, and we we did our best to cover all of it. Um, Guys, if you haven't already... Please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, uh, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys. We're here with my brother Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man?
1: Good morning, Brady. Congratulations are in order. I think this is the first podcast back after you've brought a life into the world officially. So, congratulations.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's weird. You know, I was, <laughs> I was, a little nervous for this podcast. Uh, just because it's, you know, I, I really started paying attention to the world in the last like 48 hours. <laughs> you know, when you have a newborn, it's just basically all baby stuff all the time. So, um, and I actually want to start. I want to start the show by kind of asking you what I've missed over the last—because I've been off for, you know, two and a half weeks. I haven't really been following much. Um, so before—obviously, we're going to get to the Trump stuff. We're going to get to the Ukraine stuff, all all the, the pressing issues. But before we get started, is there anything that's happened over the last couple weeks that was a big story and then just people moved on because the news cycle moves too quickly, but that you think is definitely worth mentioning?
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be one, which is the Biden family taking millions of dollars from China— all of Biden's children got a million-dollar payment from China, I believe, a few months after he left office as vice president, and no one seems to care. He was asked about it at a press conference, and he did this deer-in-the-headlights look, and he just backed away. I mean, the fact that Hunter Biden then paid $50,000 a month rent its the most obvious money laundering scheme I think I've ever seen, <laughs> and just no one cares. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: 50 grand a month. I mean, come on. I mean— it... Do they have? I to hope make that it comes just... with utilities. Bloody
1: hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, did, it's you know these people. It's like, why did they have to make it such a neat round number like that? Like they could have like <laughs> it made it a little bit more like broken it up a little bit, made it look a little bit more realistic. But no, they don't care. I mean, they know they'll never be held accountable, so what's
1: the mm-hmm. point? It's just get away with anything, and it, it's the kind of what, what stood out to me is everything they say about the Trump family. I think you know we obviously have issues with. Trump specifically, and how some of his family members behave. But everything they said about Trump is true with Biden. Yeah, He used his position to enrich himself. Like A lot of what you actually look at the Trump finances, they lost out money. Like They were all very financially successful before. I believe their net worth has dropped after entering office. Biden's hasn't. His family's hasn't. His, his son is a crackaddled maniac who has never met a prostitute you can't say no to. And just, again, the media doesn't care. If that was Donald Trump Jr., it's all we would be talking about.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if he was a crackhead denying the existence of his own daughter. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, Just... come on, man. I mean, it's like it's about as bad as it gets. And Yeah, I think I think the Trump family, they lost something like two billion dollars over the last five years or so. I mean, they they took a massive financial hit. Over all of this, but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd never even heard of that. I mean, I I knew that they were on the take from China, but <laughs> I didn't. I actually missed that uh that report of a
1: million dollars each or whatever it may be. But I mean, at least they're fair. It's nice yeah. that everyone got some.
0: Yeah, equal opportunity scumbags, you know. Um, and we're gonna everybody at home. I know you want us to talk about the Trump stuff. We'll get there. Calm down. But uh, we, we got to talk about these wars going on uh, across the world right now. And and we're obviously gonna talk some really dark stuff with what's happening in Ukraine. But um, I want to start the podcast with some fantastic news. You know, we we haven't been getting very much lately. But the war in Yemen. Is by all intents and purposes over. Um, the ceasefire—they've been renewing these one-month ceasefires every month—and it's held for a year, a full calendar year, um, since March of last year. Um, and now they're—the you know, Saudis and the Yemenis are, are, are beginning the early stages of negotiating a, an actual lasting uh, peace treaty. Um, and, and all of this is reporting comes from antiwar.com. I mean, and these guys are notoriously pessimistic, obviously. Um, you know, this is all they do. So I, I believe this to be accurate, um, that the Saudis basically are over it. It's similar to the sentiment in the United States around Afghanistan the last five years or so. They're just kind of—they know they lost, and they're kind of just moving on. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, we do get good news occasionally. This was the worst conflict on planet Earth for the last eight years. Um, over a half a million people died, mostly by starvation due to the, the blockade that was supported by the US government for 8 years. Uh, you remember like some of the worst war crimes war crimes I've ever heard of were were perpetrated in Yemen. Like the the Obama regime bombed literally bombed a Doctors Without Borders hospital in Yemen. I think it was in 2015, 2016. Um, but yeah man, I mean thank God it's over. I mean this is this was the bloodiest conflict on the planet orders of magnitude worse than the war in Ukraine and it's it's finally over.
1: I mean I think the the horrible fact is that end of war just isn't a goal for a lot of people in the grand scheme of things. When you think about international politics, when you think about the people talking about the Ukrainian war in the United States, the goal is not peace. I mean, we're going to get to Ukraine more specifically in a bit, but I think with Yemen a lot of people one didn't really care because I think there's parts of the world people care about and parts of the world people don't care about. Right. And I think people care about Ukraine because on a very, on a very basic level, they look like us and it's a part of the world where, Oh, it's Europe. That's more connected to us. I think people just don't care about wars in other parts of the world. Often that can be viewed as almost kind of like a civil war in that similar groups fighting each other. A lot of people didn't really know anything about this war. It's a war I don't know an absolute ton about, but it's obviously a good thing whenever a war is over and it hasn't ended in the complete annihilation of one side over the other. Then that's a good thing for the people who are able to survive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I mean, you're totally right about how people view Ukraine versus any any of these wars going on in the Middle East. And it's like, you know, the left in the West is constantly looking for racism. You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, like the the supply of racism in the Western world does not meet the demand. People are looking, you know, just Google like New York Times headlines like jogging is is racist. Coffee is racist. They had a, a fishing is racist. Article. I mean, it's just like everything. And I'm like, you know, what's, if you want to look at systemic racism, look at how people talk about the Middle East, for goodness sakes. I mean, whether it's anything, anything going on, you know, like they people just do not care that, you know, it's been a, a human wood chipper for for decades in the Middle East. That's racism. You know, nobody cares about the deaths of brown people. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's yeah, it's it's a mess. And And let's talk about Ukraine. John Kirby yesterday. The uh, I think he's the NSC spokesman. I don't think he works for the Pentagon. I think he's the NSC spokesman. But he said on Fox News that uh, any call for a ceasefire in Ukraine is, is quote, unacceptable. Um, so peace is off the, ta- off the table, says the United States government. Um, and, I mean, people are pointing out that, you know, the Chinese are, are trying to boost their influence on the world stage by working with Russia to negotiate some kind of peace deal. Oh, uh, you, know, you can't trust the Chinese to—, to be you know honest actors of course not of course not that's not uh, that's why it's a negotiation <laughs> it's it's a nego- who cares yeah of course do the chinese have ulterior motives yeah man they they're communists okay of, of course they do but the fact that the biden regime refuses to even send somebody to send a diplomat to engage in any kind of negotiations is in, insane i mean they they i mean i according to john Kirby, anything is on the table except for peace I mean, it, it's madness.
1: Well, there's also a reason why China has come in to fill this void is because the United States are neither one nor the other. They're not engaged in the war. Like, if you want to actually fight, which I don't think we should, but if you actually not want to fight, then you should put your money where your mouth is. But at the same time, they're they're doing this kind of backhanded, giving some supplies, giving an absolute ungodly amount of money with no expectations of an outcome. And they've left the door open for China to come in and – really bolster themselves on the world stage by making a lot of these deals, which will benefit them. Obviously every country on the foreign stage does this. This is why would you get involved just out of the goodness of your heart? That's not how foreign policy works. All of this is a failure of the Biden administration from the beginning to end. The fact that the war even happened is a failure of the Biden administration. And it's just demonstrative of the fact that there's so much money involved. There's so much to benefit from the continuation of this war. The fact that they presented it as a moral test of if unless you blindly support Ukraine, no questions asked, that we should just give them billions upon billions of dollars, no questions asked, then you're pro-Russia. So, no, that's not how this works. You can say that Russia is wrong for invading and that their government is evil, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't want the war to end. And the fact is that Ukraine is not going to beat Russia. And Russia is not going to give up. That's not really in their nature. If you read any military history of Russia, they do not care about how many people they lose. That is not part of their calculus. And so the only outcome is going to be some kind of ceasefire where both sides give up something. And the fact that the U.S. is openly, not even behind closed doors, openly saying that's not acceptable, they're essentially endorsing never-ending war, which is kind of on brand for the Biden administration.
0: I mean, they have. I mean, and they've positioned themselves perfectly to perpetuate this war forever because it's the stated position of the of the Biden administration that you know they won't stop funding this until Ukraine retakes Crimea and the Donbass region and that's not that's not going to happen. I mean that's that's not on the table. That's impossible. It's it's just not going to happen. I mean Ukraine has no navy to speak of. They have no air force to speak of. It's just not you're not taking Crimea. Crimea's been in Russian hands for 9 years. I mean it's just not it's not going to happen, and they know it's not going to happen, barring nuclear war or like an, mm-hmm. an invasion with hundreds of thousands of Western troops or something like that. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. So they had this convenient, well, we're going to keep going until that happens. Well, okay, well, it could be another Afghanistan then. It could be another yep. Iraq. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's 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 all racket, man. There's just too much money exchanging hands. They've positioned themselves perfectly to to keep this going forever, and it's like, man. The way the way they, t- I mean, of co- yeah, they, they accuse you of being pro-Russia if you want peace, and it's like, man, of course the Russian government—it's it's an evil communist government, and wars of aggression are evil. Of course, it's evil to invade a neighboring country. I, I'm not endorsing any of that. Also, the w- the way we're talking about Russia is is a little ridiculous too, because over half of their military is conscripted. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about literal slaves. These are slaves. I mean, the, the draft is nothing more than just slavery, right? So it's like we're they the stated view of the Pentagon is like we need to keep this war going to weaken the Russian military. Weakening the Russian military. I mean like what you're talking about is just slaughtering tens of thousands of kids who are slaves to their yeah. government. I mean you're not even talking these people don't want these Russian kids don't want to fight this war. I mean it's ridiculous. You know, and it's like the fact that it's the stated position of the Biden regime to keep this thing going as long as humanly possible until Ukraine runs out of men to fight just so they can, quote-unquote, re- weaken Russia, whatever that means. I mean, Russia's economy is smaller than the state of Texas. It's smaller than the state of Florida's economy. Okay, Russia is weak. It's not the Soviet Union yep. anymore, man. And But they'll, they'll keep it going as long as they can, and the defense contractors will keep making bank. Uh, it's, it's absolutely despicable. And it's like, it, I know this about these people. I know who the Biden regime is. I know who... The deep state that the people pulling the levers of power are, but to see John Kirby (laughs) just like with with his smug confidence go on Mm -hmm. TV and say, no, peace talks, the word he used was unacceptable. My goodness, these people are monsters.
1: Well, it's all built on, I think, two failures. I think one in terms of the war right now, the idea that desperation, causing desperation in your opponent is a good thing. That drives worse outcomes, especially when you've got a dictator at the helm someone like Vladimir Putin, who right now is is reaching the end of his reign of Russia as a dictator. He wants to leave a legacy, and he does not want that legacy to be anything that resembles a defeat. And so by pushing this war, that the only acceptable outcome is the complete destruction of Russia, he will do anything to avoid that. That's just the, the truth. And so by funding this with no expectation of something in return for that money, the Biden administration is pushing Putin and Russia towards a point of desperation, which will have disastrous Consequences, but it's also based on the Democratic Party's really flawed notion that Russia is a problem. Like, yeah, Russia is a bad country, but so are a lot of other countries. China is the biggest threat, but if you listen to the Democratic Party, really since 2012 and beforehand, Russia has been the biggest threat. Remember Obama scoffing at Mitt Romney. Even since those days, the idea of whether Russia is a big threat or not in 2012, Romney was talking about it as the threat and. Obama was scoffing at him. And then in the years since, it's almost like a reversal where they think Russia is the biggest threat to all of us. And then China is just unimportant. We're quite happy to keep buying our cheap shoes and electronics from slave labor while they set their eyes on Taiwan and really cutting us off at the knees in terms of transformers. uh, transformers, rather. And so it's just unbelievable the way Every single one of their arguments is based on a flawed premise. And it's just the arrogance it requires to never look in the mirror and never readjust what you're thinking is really quite terrifying.
0: I mean, the, the thing is about the Ukraine war, it, it, maybe this is me being a simpleton here, but my goodness, the fact that Russia couldn't conquer Ukraine in a year mm-hmm. is proof that they're not a threat to anybody. <laughs> like, the Russians are not, they, they've proven that they, they can't even take Ukraine. My goodness, and so the whole line that like, oh, if we don't destroy the Russian military, they're going to take over NATO, or they're going to conquer Poland or Germany. The Germans would destroy the Russians one on one. I mean, if it was just a war between Russia and Germany, Germany would win. Their economy is stronger, their military is stronger right now. Like, what? Like, it's not. It's not real. Like, this not. Yeah. Like Russia is not a threat. Not. Not. I mean, they're clearly not a threat to the United States, but they're not even a threat to NATO. They're not a threat. They can't even conquer Ukraine. They've had a year to do it.
1: Also, why would they attack NATO? Why? There's, there's why no benefit they? to them.
0: Yeah, I, I I just don't understand. I mean, like, but it's every, anything that happens in this war reinforces the view to the war hawks that this is why we need more war. It's like, what everything is pointing to the contrary. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is pointing. And and then I'm sitting over here saying, you know, hey, no Russian ever called me non-essential and locked me in my house at gunpoint. <laughs> that was a Republican governor that did that. Okay. Like, my enemy is here, brother. It is not in Russia. Like, we were facing some serious problems in terms of our, our you know, we, we the the whole George Bush, we're, we're fighting for your freedoms over in Iraq. Man, we need to fight for our freedoms right here. Yeah. Because I think these last few years have proven that we have, you know, the, the true enemies in Washington, D.C., not, you know, I don't know, goose-stepping somewhere halfway across the world. It's just not, I'm just not that concerned with Putin. I'm, I'm very, I'm much more concerned with Biden and Fauci and people like that.
1: Oh, and they all know that. And that's why they're pushing the idea that they're the Winston Churchill's of our time by not getting involved. If you actually read what Churchill wanted, he wanted to engage in active war with Nazi Germany. That's not what Biden's doing. Biden's not calling for war because he's too much of a pussy to put his money where his mouth is. He wants to ride both sides of the fence. He wants to be applauded for giving Zelensky a ton of money while also letting Zelensky take all of the criticism in the United States for the outcome of that money. That's what frustrates me when you see Americans on both sides going on and on about Zelensky. Zelensky is doing what's best for his country, which is getting as many resources as he physically can, and he's right. doing a great job at it. It's not his fault that that's bad for us. It's our leaders who are handing that over with a smile, wearing Ukrainian badges for goodness sake. That's the issue.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And like people like me who are ardently anti-war. I mean, like, stop talking about Zelensky and start talking about Washington, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. Like, I, I'm much more upset with our leaders than theirs. I mean, it's like I, you know. Except for the time that Zelensky did try to lie us into World War III, when they accidentally bombed Poland and then yeah. blamed the Russians and said that you know I was like okay now, that's that's evil. <laughs> that's an evil. That's an evil thing. The good guys don't do that. Don't lie. You know. Don't try to lie a superpower into a nuclear conflict that could cause the deaths of a billion people. That that definitely crossed the line for me. But like yeah, I mean you're the problem is our leaders. The problem is mm-hmm. our president, not anybody else's president. Speaking of presidents. We do have to talk about what everybody wants us to talk about today. Um, this is wild stuff, man, and I neither of us really know what is actually going on here. But over the weekend, uh, Donald Trump posted on Truth Social that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday, um, meaning tomorrow, over the Stormy Daniels payoff stuff. Um, obviously, everybody freaked out, um, because if this is true— Yeah, like we're looking at banana republic stuff, like rogue liberal DAs persecuting their political opponents. It would be one of the darkest things to happen in this country in a long time, a true act of evil. However, a Trump spokesman, and here's where it gets tricky, admitted that Trump didn't receive any actual notice about this happening. So like the only information we have is Trump's post on Truth Social. So obviously, who knows? I mean, tomorrow we will find out. I mean, they might handcuff the former president, and haul him off to jail. I, I, who knows? But the, and here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Trump campaign immediately, like as soon as he posted this on on True Social, immediately started fundraising off of it. And I don't know, man. Like it, it, this could be BS. Like it, there's no proof that this is true. The fundraising, the timing of the the fundraising push, really does not pass the smell test. So. It could be BS. The Trump team could be just using this to raise money. Either way, it's not good. I mean, like, either we have the Democrats flexing and saying that the Constitution no longer exists, or we have the Republican frontrunner lying to his own supporters about something <laughs> like this important to make money. So, I mean, it's better for the country if Trump's lying. <laughs> you know? Like, that That would that would be better. At least, you know, at least the Constitution wouldn't be completely dead at that, at that point. But, Either way. I mean, either Trump is lying to his base and exploiting them financially, or we are literally living in a banana republic. I mean, like either way like it's pretty horrific. Either way this breaks down.
1: What's worrying me is that the fact we are now treating the idea that waiting for information is a sign of disloyalty to King Trump.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. That,
1: just that's just that's cringe. the really terrible thing because Trump might get arrested, he might not. We don't have the information to suggest that he will. As you said, it's all based on his post, which is based on what he said was illegal leaks and media reports. Well, I thought the media were fake news media, and so we're suddenly believing what they say. They say a lot of untrue things about Trump. And so the idea that we should wait a couple of days to actually see what's going to happen is just not good enough. You have multiple people in the GOP saying, oh, pay attention to who's being silent on what's happening to Trump. Being silent on what's happening to Trump does not mean that you cheer him being arrested. He hasn't been arrested yet. You have a GOP candidates coming out and trying to call DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Uh, what was the phrase? I have it written down. One second. Um, it calls them the donor class, the donor class favorites. Oh, because there's a deep state paying them to wait for information. Like the idea that we should be the adults in the room and wait for information before reacting is not acceptable anymore. That's the danger of all of this, is that Trump is potentially setting fire to yet another situation, calling for protests. He's literally calling for protests, which only benefits the left because they can paint the entire right as a bunch of January 6th lunatics, and we don't have any information yet. Just wait for the information. I will be there with you, very, very angry and very, very open about how wrong this is if he indeed is arrested. But if he's not, this is a huge nothing burger, and we've distracted from other stories that matter more and created this ridiculous loyalty test that just splinters the GOP again for no reason.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, absolutely. I If this is true, if they haul off the former president in handcuffs for no reason, like I will. Yeah, I'll fight that with everything I've got, man. Like, of, of course, I'll be right there with you. But it's like th- the fundraising. <laughs> yeah. Like yep. if you follow politics, follow the money. It's the same with the Ukraine war. Same with everything. Follow the money. They immediately started raising money hand over fist on this. And it's like that is just that's not a good sign. It, it that's it's never it's 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 never true. <laughs> if you, yep. if if politicians are tw- are using something to fundraise, it's they're typically lying to you. They're typically and maybe not. Maybe Trump is telling the truth. We will see. But the the protesting thing that that's the thing. And this is like, let's pretend everything Trump said is true. And tomorrow they're gonna arrest him. And like I I wouldn't doubt that. I mean like that wouldn't surprise me. Like these these are like George Soros funded mm-hmm. DAs who hate Trump, hate Republicans. They want him in jail—like, they, they want—they'll they'll do anything they can do to, to, to hurt the guy. So I'm not saying it's unbelievable, but let's just say everything he, he said was true. The, the part about telling his supporters to protest is objectively evil. Like, you, he really messed up, and please do not do this. Ignore him. Ignore Trump. Do not get yourself January 6th for Donald Trump— Okay, the FBI and the Democrats want you to go protest so they can Mm -hmm. arrest a bunch of Republicans. Their goal, the FBI's goal, is to send as many Republicans as possible to jail. So if you go protest in the streets, you're going to be surrounded by feds. The feds will start getting violent so they can frame you for crimes just how they did on January 6th. And they will lock you up forever. So don't do it. Do not take the bait. Trump's not going to save you. He hasn't done a damn thing for any of those poor people rotting in prison for January 6th. He hasn't done anything to help them. He could have pardoned him. He could have helped him. He didn't. Okay, Trump doesn't care about you. I know you care about him. He does not care about you. So just stay home. No matter what happens, do not get yourself arrested. I cannot—it it did make me sick that, that Trump told his supporters to protest in the streets. Mm-hmm. Dude, why, why? Why would you do that? You're playing right into the hands of the Democrats. That's what they want. That is what the F, that's what the monsters and lizard people at the FBI want you to do. Why would you do? Why would you take the bait? My goodness.
1: Well, I think the fact is he's not a smart man, Brady. I, I don't mean to jump yeah. on the left's old Trump is a moron thing. I don't think he's a moron, but I think he's selfish and narcissistic, and I don't think he truly cares about those who follow him to, to this extent. I think he likes attention. He feeds off attention. And I also think the majority of his political success came from a time where he was the victim of the deep state when he could present himself in 2016 as I'm the one person fighting the left. I'm the one person fighting the corruption of Hillary Clinton. And so I think he feeds off these situations where it's me versus the world. Come join me. And the fact is that, yeah, there are a lot of people who are out to get him and there's a lot of corruption in judicial systems, especially on the lower level. And a lot of very dark money is involved and it's terrible. But to call for protest, to incite protest, which is what he's doing because we don't have the evidence that any of this is going to happen. It's just absurd, it's immoral, it's dangerous. And it's also just politically stupid, because, again, fracturing the GOP for no reason whatsoever. you got, like, Vivek Ramaswamy coming out and talking about all oh, the donor class favorites, Ron DeSantis. Like, okay, someone's angling for a cabinet position that will never happen if <laughs> the Trump donor, wins a nomination. The donor
0: class hates Ron DeSantis. Like, the establishment has always hated Ron DeSantis. He was a Freedom Caucus guy. He, was, he ran as a far-right gubernatorial candidate. I know, like... No, he's like—he's closer to to Thomas Massey and and Rand Paul than he is the Mm -hmm. establishment. That's just—it's just silly. But yeah, it's uh, like—it's so frustrating, man. And like, I'm not—I'm not trying to make this just a trash Donald Trump fest. Like, I'm honestly not. Like, I have—I've made it clear on this podcast, I think DeSantis is the guy. He's the guy I want for 24. But like, if Trump's the nominee, I'll vote for him. I voted for him twice already. Absolutely. Like, I I don't hate the man. But it's like, my gosh, he— Here's a, here's a side note too, and this is not just about Trump. This is any any presidential administration. There's been a massive brain drain in the Trump world. Okay, and this is, this is not unique to Trump. This happens. Like if you're elected president, you better get a whole bunch of stuff done in like two years, <laughs> because like your best people move on, people get pissed, there's infighting, you fire people, you hire new people, and Trump's notoriously terrible at at his hiring choices. That is something, I mean, not unique to Trump, but he's probably worse than, like, any other politician I've ever seen, just, like, hiring ridiculous, incompetent people. But, like, he had a lot of smart people around him for a while, and most of those people are gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like it, the, the people he's surrounding himself with now are, are just yes men. They just tell him, you know, like, he thinks that Republicans hate Ron DeSantis. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, the, the morons around him keep telling him that. But, like, like, even Trump supporters are, like—not not like the clown reply trolls on Twitter, but, like, normal Trump supporters who would vote for Trump over Ron DeSantis still want him to shut up and not attack Ron DeSantis because they like Ron DeSantis. You know what I mean? But it's like he's surrounded by, like, the C-team or the D-team. And this happens over time with the people surrounding a president. Like, the brain drain is real. You know, if you look at any administration— even if you look at like the Obama administration, like he had a lot more competence around him mm-hmm. in, in two thousand eight than he did, you know, towards the end. And it's just that happens. And I just don't think Trump is smart enough to overcome that. I don't think there is anyone around him advising him to handle. The, I mean, he's handling this situation in the worst possible way. It's like you can't have handled this worse. And he just doesn't have the people around him to, to steer the ship in the right direction. I, I don't. And I, at this point. I, there's no evidence to assume that is going to get any better. I think the brain drain is going to continue.
1: Well, like there's also so many people at so many levels are just grifting off this. It's like, yeah, Trump is trying to fundraise, which is bad. But then you've also got multiple people who are trying to, again, sow division within the GOP when it's not beneficial. We're not in a primary race right now. Like DeSantis hasn't even said he's coming out to run. He's obviously going to run. But there's so much that needs to get done in terms of opposing Biden right now. That story came out about Biden almost certainly getting money directly from China that no one is talking about because we're talking about Trump and, again, DeSantis, Nikki Haley are the donor class. <laughs> uh, why are you picking this fight now? It, it makes no sense I don't know. except to drive your own notoriety by, look how loyal I am to Trump.
0: Loyal. That, I mean, that, it's that is gross. the most sickening thing. And you see it all. I, I, you, by the way, I talk to Trump supporters in real life. It doesn't exist in real life. It's only on the Internet, man. It's just yeah. like this 5% of voters who are just on Twitter way too much. And, you know, so it's it's not as widespread as Twitter would lead, would lead you to believe it is. But like the whole loyalty to Trump thing, it's like, man, just leave the politician worship to the Democrats. The Democrats always do that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Can, and they do can, it. That's it.
0: And they do, it, they do it better.
1: They have the media on their side.
0: <laughs> and they'll literally do it even if their guy has, is 80 and racist and has Alzheimer's. You know, But leave that to them, man. Let them be these weird dorks who are collectivists and worship politicians. Okay, can, can we on the right, can we right-wingers not do that? Can we not behave like Democrats? Loyal, I'm loyal to my family, to my friends. The politi- Trump, like, these people don't care about you. Trump doesn't care about you. The guys that rioted or protested or whatever January 6th, they're they're in prison. Trump doesn't care about them. The Buffalo Horn guy, you think Trump cares about that guy? No, he's rotting in jail. This is mentally ill dude who got tricked by a bunch of feds to go in there and Trump doesn't do anything. Like why would you be loyal to any politician? Yep. They're not they don't care about you. They care about their their own ego, they care about money and they you know, it's just Whatever, man. And, like, that's—dude, You we both see it. Anytime we post anything critical of Trump on Twitter, the replies are all like, you're disloyal. It's like, okay, and? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not loyal to any politician, and you shouldn't be either. Like, yeah, that's not an they, insult. They like, work that's, for you. Yes. They're a glorified mailman, for goodness sakes. So what a bizarre—like, it it is, it is discouraging seeing so many Republicans fall into that quote-unquote loyalty trap.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because Trump came from the world of celebrity— I think a lot of conservatives love to talk about how much they hate celebrity. And then when we get our own, it's all we can talk about. They love celebrities just as much as anyone else. And it's just, it's a, it's a very backwards way of thinking. And it's incredibly dangerous and very easy to manipulate because all you've got to do is get one random famous person, come out and say one thing that someone likes and they're the best person you've ever seen. And it's Trump's the ultimate example.
0: Yeah. Now, I, uh, like I always liked the, um, what Ron Paul said, this is uh, when he was a congressman back in the early 80s, he actually, uh, he campaigned for Ronald Reagan uh, in, in the primaries in, in 1980 and really supported Reagan because he was the, the most conservative fiscally, you know, candidate out there by a lot. I mean, that was when the Republican Party really wasn't, I mean, not that they really ever have, have been, never mind, but <laughs> but he really, you know, went to bat for, uh, for Ronald Reagan hard and kind of rallied the libertarians behind Reagan. And uh, he denounced Reagan as soon as he saw Reagan's first budget. <laughs> he was like, "Well, can't support you anymore because he wanted mm-hmm. to blow out spending, which of course he did." And and he's like, "Well, how can you? You know, you you campaign for him, you 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 helped them out all this time." He's like, "Yeah," and then he lied about the budget. So I don't support him anymore. That's how we should be with everybody on everything. Okay, yep. like these people don't care about you. Like there's no, there should be no personal. You should have personal loyalty to your circle, your people, your family, your friends, your community. Not to Donald Trump or Joe Biden or anybody, anybody, Ron DeSantis, anybody. My goodness. These people would not save you if you were drowning, for goodness sakes. They wouldn't want to get their $400 shoes wet. All right. Like these these people deserve no loyalty from anyone.
1: Well, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of what the role of a politician is. And they've replaced—a lot of this is down to the deeper decay of America and that communities— don't have the same values they used to. Religion isn't a part of people's lives. So people just worship different people. And I think politicians have rushed in to fill that void in that they are there to be celebrated as your moral better. They are your moral guide. Uh, no, they're there to do a very specific job. And if they don't do that job, that we should fire them. That's that's really it. As you said, that they work in the DMV that runs the country is what they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really similar to how people view the, like their favorite sports teams. You know, like... Mm-hmm. I uh I'm no fan of the Cleveland uh, sports teams generally. Um, obviously as a Steelers fan, I hate the Browns, but like you know and you know Cleveland sports fans are notoriously terrible. Cleveland is a, I refer to it as the mistake on the lake. It's just a a, a (laughs) (laughs) wretched hive of scum and villainy. But um, you know you see Browns fans were holding once Deshaun Watson uh, came back from his uh, suspension for like raping twenty five women. Um. Browns fans were, like, tailgating with posters, like, making fun of the charges. Like, saying, like, who cares how many women he raped because he's a good quarterback and stuff like that and it's like so people kind of take that same. Well, that's like, literally teams... the
1: nfl policy by the way that true. that's
0: true <laughs> that is <laughs> thank goodness he didn't smoke weed because he'd be suspended for two years you know but you know beat women you know do whatever you want but it's like people people take that like team sports mentality into politics but it's like politics actually matters man like deshaun watson like yeah he's a bad guy he's probably be in jail but he's just an athlete like he doesn't affect my life. Like, these people decide who lives and dies in Ukraine. Uh, These people decide who lives and dies in in the Middle East. Like, these people, you know, if you don't pay your taxes, they come to your house and murder your family. Okay? These people actually wield power over you. It isn't isn't a game. This isn't Steelers-Browns, man. This is not. Like, we have to break out of this unserious, like, team sports mentality around partisan politics. It's just...
1: I think it's very hard for people to do, though, because I think it's it's comforting to know that the person you pick almost ticks your morality box. I'm a good person because I'm supporting this person. Therefore, I don't need to think about taking responsibility for my own life, for my community, for my family. It's a very dangerous path we're down as a as a collection. It's really quite terrible. I mean, just the fact that Donald Trump is seen as this great moral guy. I think he was a pretty great president. I think he did a lot of fantastic things. He's not a moral person. He's a terrible person. The fact that we can't hold those two thoughts at once, like we have to convince ourselves that he's a religious Christian. Oh, because he held up a Bible once. I I would bet a lot of money he has never read more than one page of the Bible at one time.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why people feel the need to to pretend otherwise. Like I don't and like, man, and even if he was, like even if he was Mother Teresa, man, like the last president we had who was like a moral man in his personal life started five wars and killed a million innocent people. George W. Bush, <laughs> a, the butcher of the Middle East. But he was a good guy. Like, he seems like he—I'd like, be shocked to find out he ever cheated on his wife. I'd be shocked to find out that Bush ever, ever, you know, beat his kids. You know, like, he got a DUI and, and was an alcoholic and cleaned up and never drank again. You know what I mean? Like, he's like— he was, he, Free presidency he was probably a good guy like he'd probably have a beer uh, never mind not have a glass of water with him and have a good time like he's probably a moral man treated his family with respect i'm sure his neighbors love him he killed a million people the patriot act he ripped up the constitution i mean putting degenerate leftists on the supreme court i mean the, the guy ruined everything so who cares like it doesn't matter like Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like it does not matter if these people are good people or not. They're either way. When you wield that kind of power, you are capable of unspeakable evil. So it doesn't matter. Like it, the whole. I, you could be a, a boy scout or you could be a freaking Satanist. It doesn't matter. When you wield that much power, if you get something wrong, people die. So it's like I don't care, man. I don't care if Trump or anybody else reads the Bible. I just you know. I just want to take the power from these people so they can stop killing people. You know, so they can stop oppressing us and locking us in our homes because there's a virus on TV and, and all of this. You know, it's like it's eyes on the prize, Republicans. Like who yep. it, like it, my goodness gracious, let's focus on what actually matters. It's just
1: very depressing state of affairs, but I think again a lot of it just comes down to the the personality worship and that's all that matters. I mean, the fact that a lot of these same people who adore Trump Despise Fauci and think Fauci should be in jail. Who gave Fauci the keys? Yeah, it's such an obvious question that no one wants to answer.
0: I mean, the the like the Trump cult guy, like the you know the the always Trump Republicans. All they say, and you know people say this a lot about like Obama. Anytime Obama messed something up, um, it's like, well, you know, he was just tricked. He was Fauci tricked him. You know, it's it, it all goes back to like, dear leader can't fail. He can only be failed. It was mm-hmm. only the people around him. It was only this. It was only that. It's like, well, even if that's true, the buck stops somewhere. You yes. know I mean? It's like Trump's still the boss. He can hire and fire anyone within the executive branch of the United States government. So it's like that That argument has just never been compelling to me at all.
1: But it's a very, very effective argument right now. I think if you adore these people, whether it be Biden or Trump or any of these people, that's the really the the only driving factor at the center of their ideology about that person if Biden was a Republican, the, the response to him on the left would be the complete opposite. It wouldn't just be slightly different. It wouldn't be slightly more critical. Everything about Biden has been an abject failure. But because he represents almost like the fake face of what they want to see in themselves, he gets away with all of it. And the same is somewhat true in Trump. It's just Trump is playing a different game because the media is wholeheartedly on the left. And so you can't compare the The two treatments, but in terms of the fan base, it's very much the same. You got I speak to people who are Biden fans that just don't see any problem the fact that he can't string a sentence together. Yeah, but they would be terrified when Trump once drank a glass of water weirdly.
0: I mean, Joe Biden literally like trips and falls downstairs every day. (laughs) I mean, it's like this is happening on a daily basis now. You know, and it's crazy. I mean, like you know, I'll, I'll probably get to some of this stuff on Wednesday on the next show, but like, you know, Democrats are fine. Bailing out banks now. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're, they want to go to war with Russia, and they're fine stealing from the poor to bail out the rich. They went in ten years ago from marching with Occupy Wall Street and appo- opposing all of George Bush's wars to like less fight a nuclear war with Russia and less just rob poor black people to bail out hedge funds <laughs> just because, because they're so loyal to who? Let me check my notes here. An 80-year-old dementia patient who says racist stuff all the time. Yeah, It's like, my goodness, if if, if you are so loyal to a party or a politician that you can be manipulated into that, if, if they can turn you into that, my goodness you have made some wrong turns along the way. My, well, my especially goodness gracious.
1: People need to realize that in politics, most people are playing the same game. Is that the Republican Democrat label is really just a facade? It doesn't mean anything. A lot of them, especially the ones who are more entrenched in DC, it's all the same game. It's just furthering themselves and their own ambitions and their own wealth with the position they're in. Everything else is just a game they play for for the audience, but none of it really means anything.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I I keep having to remind myself too, um, that, I mean, it, it is encouraging. Like I'm I'm more than happy to see the bulk of the Republican base coming out as completely anti-war um, in regards to Russia. But it's like, you know, I don't know. If if Trump won in 2020 and this happened, I don't know, man. I think they'd probably be cheering on war, <laughs> you know? Like, I just don't know if I buy it. I don't know if it's if it's based on any kind of principle or if it's just the fact that, you know, they really like Trump and they really like DeSantis and both those guys, you know, called for the end of the war in Ukraine, so they're they're all about it. They, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hope— that the Republican Party becomes the anti war party. But uh, I don't know. I can definitely see a world where Trump won and, and this war breaks out and then he wants to get tough on Putin and then Republicans line up behind it. Yeah, you know, that, like that seems very realistic to me as well.
1: Well I think if you just look at the history of wars, there's always a political element to it. Like people love to talk about World War Two as like the extreme of like it was fairly obvious that the Western world minus the United States until they got involved much later kind of had to had to fight. There was no other option. But most other wars that have happened have a very heavy political influence in that it's viewed as beneficial at the time. Uh, and so I don't think any wars coming up will be the same as World War Two. I think the vast majority will just be political in nature because the, the w- nature of warfare has changed. Just the fact that nuclear weapons exist mean that the Nazis spreading across Europe would not be the same. We're not going to no. see China or Russia marching across Europe because it's just not worth the effort. You might as well just bomb the crap out of everywhere. And so it's all politics now. It's all about just trying to be seen as a strong man, to be seen as standing up for principles that you don't actually care about, and making an absolute ton of money in the shadows.
0: Yeah, or we could not do that.
1: <laughs> it's always an option, but apparently uh, people like being rich.
0: Yeah, I was thinking back to the 2008 and the 2012 Republican primary debates. You know, like Ron Paul would say. You know, they 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 all gang up on Ron Paul. It's like, oh, what you know. What are we gonna do? If, you know, we just pull all of our troops out of Afghanistan. He's like, just be a normal country. <laughs> we could just be a normal country who doesn't do that. Everybody's like, oh well, yeah, it's you know, we could. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we we could just not fight these wars for no reason. These wars that benefit no one, but Raytheon and Boeing. You know, that that's that's an option. But Ian, my brother, uh, this really took a dark turn.
1: I, uh... I know, always <laughs> it's a habit.
0: Hey, I had my first baby, and the war in Yemen is over. So don't don't tell me you never get any good news. True. Where can everybody check out your show, uh, your sub stack, follow you online, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, you can find all of my stuff if you follow me on social media. So that's I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. I post all my articles on there, and you can find everything on like my YouTube channel through my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So, yeah, just head over to my social medias, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H.
0: Also, where can everybody check out your schedule? You have 17 um, speaking engagements at colleges here this semester. So if you're in college, there's a good chance Ian will be at your school very soon. So where can everybody check that out?
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I'm speaking with uh, TPUSA and YAF in the coming weeks. So head over to my Instagram. I post upcoming events over there so you can you can find all of those and we'd love to see you at one of the speeches.
0: Absolutely. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>